Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Apartment Investing for Early Retirement. I am your host, Derek Loda, and this week's guest is Hendra Tambunen. Hendra came over to the U.S. as a foreign student and earned his degree in information systems from San Francisco State University. After graduation, Hendra has worked in pre-IPO startup, Fortune 50, and Big Four corporations while investing in single family on the side to save up for his son's college fund. Realizing that it was not scalable fast enough, Hendra started to look into multifamily in late 2018 and finally decided to jump into the multifamily space by mid-2019. To date, Hendra has been involved in three projects that total 595 units as both a GP and LP and is set to close on 176 units shortly as a co-sponsor. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Hendra. Hey, Derek. Thank you for inviting me here. Yeah, excited for today's episode, kind of getting into your story and your development within multifamily. Would you mind just giving a little bit of a backstory for how you got started into real estate? Well, just like everybody experienced, you know, you stumble across the purple book called Reach That Prove That. You're looking into it and, you know, passive uh, income, you know, cash flow. That's where it got started. And the easiest way to get is just buying a real estate. So started looking into single family home, um, you know, as a, as a side income to begin with. It was cash flowing nicely. You uh, At one point, we accumulated up to five single family rental property. But the thing started to change after, you know, we have our own son. And, you know, as he grew older, I just realized that the way we accumulating the property will never keep up with, the, you know, his college fund. So um, last year, we, we looked into it. And actually, two years ago now, we started looking into it and have a discussion with my wife. And it's like, there's no way for us to going to fund his college tuition. So we need to look in something to scale up. And that's how we, we start looking into multifamily. And that's the reason we, we start embarking and then that's how we begin. You know, just basically funding the uh, college fund for my son. All right. And with your, your single families, um, were you just buying those local to where you live or were you buying those out of state? Kind of what was your, your plan with that? You know, um, I have, you know, I'm against, well, I shouldn't say against. Most of my experience has been out of state. You know, I live in California. That's um, buying a single family home that is cash flowing. It's still doable unless you have like a million dollar, obviously, <laughs> which I don't have. So been looking at typically for a single family home uh, outside of California. Obviously, assume that uh, with, with your multifamily that you're getting into now that those are out of state as well. What, what markets are you, are you in for, for what your investments are? So currently I'm targeting in Dallas market and uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. And we're actually looking into Tucson, Arizona right now uh, for another potential market. How did you kind of go about selecting those markets? You know, what, what made you settle on, on Dallas, Tucson, and, and Lexington? Well, um, typically looking obviously for the uh, population growth, job growth, and diversity of the major employer. Um, you know, learning from the past experience in 2008, that, you know, when you're relying on single major employer in that city or particular metropolitan area, they're going to be impacted greatly in the real estate. So we, I, I learned that lesson then, you know, we're looking for the, all those kind of criteria. Obviously, 
we're looking for stable that keep growing the last 10 years. And that's how we looking into the market, typically when, when we're doing the research of the market. For when you first started getting into multifamily, did you invest passively, try that out, or did you just start out a little bit more active in it? Well, it, it's actually, I'm probably out of the norm. You know, I'm the outlier because the, our first deal, we actually coming in as a GP. So, you know, um, I, I guess our mantra when we, our motto last year, we, you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, first thing that we did is actually by networking. And we asked uh, people like, hey, you know, it seems like you're having a deal right now. Can we help out, you know, um, doing something, you know, maybe capital raising and, and help get involved in your deal. And as a matter of fact, you know, that person offered like, in fact, we do, you know, can you help, with, you know, raising up some more capital for us because we need some CapEx buffer. And that's how we started. And, you know, and it's like, you can come in as GP. And then after I got the offer, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, we look in, you know, I'm, I was looking to my wife and then trying to figure out like, what is GP to begin with, you know? But that's the kind of thing how we learn as we go. You know, um, one thing that we learn uh, from our first deal is actually don't be afraid to ask, don't be afraid to getting out of your comfort zone, and that's how you grow. With, uh, with having that, you know, being on the GP side for your first deal, what did those partners look like for those others that were on the GP side, you know, in terms of their experience, you know, versus just, making that first leap up on, on your end, kind of what did that partnership look like? So um, the deal operator that we work uh, is actually our current partner still, um, was referred to by someone within the same mastermind from Wheelbarrow Profit. Um, so obviously we understand the, the value that within the same mastermind and we trust the, the judgment from that person. So obviously that really helped to lower down the bear and the entry uh, to working together with that deal operator. So um, obviously we, we also spoke before we agreed to be committed to as a, coming into GP because we want to make sure that we align into the investing goal, investing criteria, uh, and also the, the value that we hold, you know, work together with them. Were the other partners in that, were they, uh, were they local to where that deal was? Were they more boots on the ground or how did that look? They are actually in Dallas. There are boots on the ground over there. They operate and managing the asset uh, of, that they acquire, we acquired. So they are, they are local. Yeah. So me being out of state investor coming in and helping uh, raising the capital in California. Kind of going about that, I'm, I'm sure with them being, being local, the DFW, you know, kind of had that team built up already. But, you know, on your end, kind of looking at, you know, say, setting up a team in, in Tucson or in Lexington. How do you kind of go about vetting that and making sure that, you know, you guys are finding the right, you know, the right management, the right, you know, contracting, you know, all of that aspect. Yeah. Well, the way I see it, vetting up your potential partner or potential team member, it's just like dating, right? I mean, obviously, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta take a lot of dating. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can speak from personal experience. You know, you take a lot of um, going out and talking and understanding the goal, understanding their investing criteria, um, and seeing also talking about 
you know, outside the uh, real estate as well. I mean, because from that kind of discussion, you can see what kind of value do they hold. I mean, if you're, you know, you're really, really holding up your family value really high and you really, really treasure it in your lifestyle, right? That kind of, you know, you can pick it up from the discussion with them. Are they holding the same thing with you? Because the, the last thing you want to do is just basically you just going into a deal and then get disinterested because of the number and you get stuck for the next five years, right? Um, another thing is also communication style, right? Whether that's something, you know, I'm kind of person that I always like to follow through. Every time somebody call me, I'm trying to get back to them within 24 hours. If that kind of person that you want to work with, then vet it out and then try the same thing with your potential partner. Um, Another thing that you can also need to vet it out about the strength that you have. Obviously, you're trying to find something that's complementing to each other. If both of you are analyticals, then who's going to speak with the broker? As just an example. If both of you are, you know, talk with the brokers, then who's good with the numbers? Who's going to do the analytical? So you're trying to vet it out all those combinations. That's how you can, um, you know, a good starting point for you to vet it out to your partner and go from there. Because, I mean, you want to see, you know, you want to be perceived like a person that is going to be, a, you know, adding value for them for the relationship, right, together, right? I mean, it's, it's mutual. You don't want to be seen like a person that's coming in just for a one-time deal and then, then that's it. You're looking for a long, if you're a long-term, um, you know, a relation person, then you want to expect the same thing from your potential partner as well. And hopefully that works out that really looked like, like that. When you're looking at that, for obviously you looking at a, at a co-GP for a deal on that realm, what would you say for, you know, for someone who's looking to get more passive into it, since you have that experience as well, kind of to touch on that, how you went about, you know, kind of vetting the deal on the passive side, you know, was it more of the sponsor, vetting the sponsor or vetting the deal or a combination of both? It's a combination of both, right? Because I mean, obviously you want to, number one, you want to see the deal itself. I mean, if you look at the deal only, number can be inflated easily just to attract the passive investor. But looking at the investor, I mean, the, I'm sorry, the sponsor, the operator, you want to know also their track record, what is their experience. Um, and also you want to have a conversation with them. I really encourage people to have a conversation with the, the deal sponsor, get to know them. You know, uh, and in front of the conversation, again, you can see, you know, how they value you, whether they, you know, they value you as the, uh, you know, as an investor or just like a, a dollar sign attached to you or a real person. I mean, if they generally care about you, that's a good sign, right? Not necessarily a bulletproof, but that's a good sign that somebody that willing to work together with you and for your best interest to begin with, not just after your dollar sign, you know or mm -hmm. whatever in your, your pocket. Yeah, you know, and, and that's something where just having kind of having that network, having those contacts that are, are like-minded, the way they operate, the way that they underwrite, you know, not yeah. every passive investor is going to have, you know, this, this proficiency in underwriting, but want to be able to sniff through and make sure that, yeah, not digging too deep, but on the surface, yes, it, it does make sense. You know, I know that you had, had started a meetup recently and just wanted to touch on that as to why you started it and kind of how, how that then operates and really what you're trying to, trying to do with that group, how you're trying to build that. 
So we, the reason we started the meetup, um, we actually want to provide a safe platform, safe environment where people can learn the benefit of multifamily. And one thing that we learned from the event that we attended um, when we started the multifamily, the more we talk with people, the more we actually learn. So we feel like, you know, we got to provide a platform where number one is strictly educational purposes, um, no selling, no pitching, and just basically a networking and educational uh, platform. And at the same time, we kind of like stretch ourselves to learn the subject, um, find the people and try to explain people and then encourage people to learn more about multifamily, why this is the best vehicle for us to retirement and college fund for your for their children. With that, you know, when you, you started your meetup, did you do, is this kind of just a one-off or did you kind of team up with, you know, another meetup that might be, you know, elsewhere in the, in the state or in the country or kind of with a larger group? So we, yeah, we, we reached out to um, Jamie and Benoit, who's the founded the uh, multifamily and more. They're part of the uh, same mastermind that I'm part of, which is a wheelbarrow profit. So we reach out and then we, we see there's a, an opportunity for us to help uh, open up the San Francisco chapter. And that's how we started though. Uh, I just happen to be, uh, you know, have a wife that run a, a program for uh, business networking that we, we started 10 years ago. So she has some experience in running a meetup and mixer. So that kind of like goes hand in hand. That's pretty much my secret weapon, you know, in getting the meetup starting and running. So she's the one that planning it, finding this, the venue with the, with the catch that I'm the one have to be speak in front of the people <laughs> and as the host and facilitator. So that's what happened uh, pretty much. So we pretty much just, um, you know, leveraging uh, and work and networking, uh, not only just through the, in, in person, but through Facebook group. Uh, we also networking with other um, multifamily and more local chapter and help bridging up the networking in that sense of helping each other here. You know, so much is starting the meetup. It's getting out of that comfort zone, being a point of that resource to bring people together, to bring that knowledge into the same room. You know, for, for me locally, there wasn't anything multifamily focused and I was waiting for people to start it up and then, nope, I had to get out of my comfort zone start it up and it's, yeah, so people, we can talk about really start focusing on multifamily, think about that. And yeah, just the contacts that you make from it and how, when you're in the same room, you're talking about that. Yeah. You really learn a lot. Every, everyone in the room learns and it just kind of brings it together where, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I talked to someone today that, you know, when they're out, if they're talking with someone that they know and they get going off on multifamily because, you know, they're super passionate about it and just eyes glaze over. Whereas, you know, everyone's coming into the same room. This is all something that have at least some level of interest in and those ideas get flowing the ways to kind of go about stuff, ways to innovate, ways to, you know, think about with underwriting and just everything comes together that, you know, there's such a value with it. And if you do something to get a personal gain out of it, I think it just finds a way to, to work itself out and not work out. But if you're doing Absolutely. it to try to just help everyone, you know, really trying to add value to as many other people as possible, because at least I believe if you're helping as many people as possible, in turn, you're going to be taken care of, you know, without Absolutely. being Absolutely. greedy. 
No, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Right. I mean, you, you, you know, even though you're the facilitator, you're the local, you know, the host, you know, doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're the smartest. You don't have to be the smartest in the room. In fact, you, you got to be open, open mind, be a sponge and learning from people's experience. I mean, there are people that coming to, you know, our meetup that's actually more experienced, more seasoned than we are. And that's how we learn from each other. And that's how you grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of the shift off of this about learning and growing, uh, what would be some advice, you know, that really would stick out to someone who's just starting to get interested about multifamily, you know, what steps should they take to kind of build up that knowledge and that network? What would be your recommendation? Don't be bashful to ask a question. Um, you know, one thing, one of the best tip I ever uh, received from one of my mentors in the past, just like never be afraid to ask the question because, you know, the worst case that you're probably going to hear, is just probably somebody going to say no. He, he challenged us. We are eating in one of Mexican restaurant establishment, which is a fast food. And there's like a 20 people of us. There's 20 of us. And he asked, like, can you go to the cashier and ask for, for a discount for a group for all of us here? I mean, if you come to think, think about it, you know, a fast food, you're asking for a group discount, it's almost insane. But he challenged us, we talked to the manager, we got a 15% discount. So I think, you know, if you want to really, really want to grow, don't be afraid to ask, can I help you? Can I be part of your, your team? Can, is there anything that we can bring and, and, you know, adding value for your project, for your deal, or anything for you. You know, obviously, if you ask somebody to mentor, you know, you got to provide some value. And I'm a firm believer that within each one of us, you know, we got to either talent, time, or treasure that we can bring on the table. So we can offer that to them. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to be pick up your offer and help you to grow together with them. You know, it, it's just getting out of that comfort zone, you know, for me, a few years back, I wouldn't have gone to an event. I wouldn't have let alone be running an event, having a pocket. It's getting out of that comfort zone. And what I've learned since then is just incredible. The relationships I've built, absolutely, just the growth there. So, you know, it's show up, ask the questions, meet people, find that group around you that, that has that same mindset. And, you know, everyone can, can gain from it. And Absolutely. That's how you grow, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a team sport, you know, it is not necessarily a, a sport in terms of, you know, the, the competition aspect necessarily, but really the camaraderie of it. People are very open to, to partnering on deals, you know, it, it's, but you're never going to get it if you don't ask, you know, Absolutely. you're never going to find out, you're never going to build that relationship. You're not going to meet a bunch of new people and, and end up getting into a deal by sitting on the couch on a weekend when there's a huge event with a thousand people going to just yeah, go. No, absolutely. <laughs> just go. So, yeah. and then I, I, in, in fact, you, you brought up a very good point though. You know, I, I really make it a habit, try to connect with one new people every week, you know, whether through summit or any networking event or meetup, whatever it might be, or per, person that come to our meetup, trying to connect with one new, you know, connection every week. I think, the, you know, by the end of the, you know, if you do it consistently by the end of the year, you're going to have 15 new connections that you, you know, multifamily that you can leverage and then grow together with them. With it, it's going out there and, and meeting new people. Don't just go on your crutch. Don't just, oh, I know this one person. They're already going to help you if they can. 
The new people, yep. if, if people are showing up to an event, from my experience, nine times out of 10, they want to help other people. They're open to it. They're not going to be selfish yep. and not tell you everything that they've done. Well, those people don't tend to show up to meetups. They don't tend to show up to big events. They, more times than not, you're going to find open arms, open minds. So absolutely just show up. But <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, you know, into, into 2020, we're into a new decade and not just a, a new year, but some people, it's just another day. January 1st is just another day for others. It's, Oh, fresh start and all this new. I don't necessarily see it as a fresh start, but it's a way to reflect. So, mm-hmm. you know, looking, looking forward to this, the next year, you know, what are some of your, your business plans for 2020? What do you hope to, to really expand on? Well, um, we, we got a 2020 come up with a, it way too fast for us because we are about to close another deal, you know, um, pretty soon. Um, but one thing that we are focusing on is to streamline our communication and process internally because I mean, many times that people want to, you know, grow big, getting more deals, which is a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, that's a really good thing. But many times that uh, we tend to overlook the internal back, you know, uh, back office process that need to be streamlined. So that's been our main focus for this year. You know, we got obviously a website, we got some uh, CRM, but we're trying to put it all together into documentate process SOP. That's something that. We, we need to do and eventually going to be outsourced the thing that we can outsource. Uh, we, we, we tend to grow it by hiring a VA that can help us with some administrative process, you know, uh, all that kind of thing. That is going to be our main focus in year 2020 Besides, obviously continually growing and getting more deal flow into the process. Great. Yeah. Just maximize your time on what your strengths are, find what you need a little bit of assistance with, clean that up, hire someone, you know, again, with having a VA, it's a great way. You don't have to commit to 40 hours a week and need a little something in there during the week or, you know, every couple of weeks, whatever it is. So it's awesome. That's a plan. Yep. Having the awareness <laughs> to know how that you need to make that step too is, is, is fantastic. So just a few questions here before we wrap up, what was one thing, whether it was a book or maybe an event or, you know, something that happened to you that made you take action to get into multifamily? I would say Will Bear a Profit by Jake and Gino. Because um, for me, um, my shifting our mind, you know, from single family um, to multifamily, for me, it's just like, wow, the, 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 it, the, the barrier that to entry is just too high, too expensive. I cannot afford it. But the moment I, I was reading that book, it's just like an, an aha moment for me because like, oh, this, I can do this. It's, it's doable. It's actionable. So for me, I, I, you know, I owe it to Wheelbarrow Profit books by Jake and Gino in this case here. Great. What does the word retirement mean to you? That, that's one tough question, Derek. I can <laughs> tell you that because I truly enjoy the, the aspect of multifamily. You know, I truly enjoy every moment of it. Um, I would probably not going to say retire. I'm probably going to be looking for, for the financial independence that I can do, uh, you know, the things that I like to do, whether looking at the deal, uh, at any time without any, any obligation that I have to be at certain numbers or hours by, you know, client or company. 
you know, that's the way I see it, retirement. More, more like a freedom to do, you know, your business without any restriction or any boundaries. Yeah, it's not so much having a certain financial amount, but having it where you could, if you wanted to stop, you could. You could, you have that freedom to do what you, what exactly. you want. Exactly, versus, yeah. yeah. And then how do you like to give back? Well, um, I like to, you know, share my experience with other people. Um, you know, I got, you know, I'm always open for people that reach out to me and ask me about, you know, how to get started with my family. In fact, there are a couple of people that are constantly reaching out to me and ask me like how to get started. I'm always happy to share my contact. I'm most happy to refer if they want to have like a specific target market they want to do. Uh, I would always try to connect them, people within my network, you know, within, you know, within our uh, multifamily and more network or a little bit uh, profit network that I can help them so they can mastermind on their own for that specific target market. So if one of the, the listeners wanted to get in contact with you and pick your brain a little bit, how can they go about that? Well, they can um, email me. Uh, my email is hendra, H-E-N-D-R-A, at ideaboxcapital, I-D-E-A-B-O-X, capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Or you can go to Facebook looking for Hendra Tambunan or at LinkedIn as well. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is just like you're willing to to give back, share your knowledge, connect people up. That's so common in in this industry that you just have to ask. So I think Absolutely. that's a, a big takeaway is just ask. If you don't ask, it's a no anyway. If you do ask, it might be a no. But at least you're gonna sleep better. Exactly. You're going to know. Well, at least you know. But yeah, so showing up, ask those questions. Ask how you can add value to people. You're uncertain about something. Ask it because more times than not, there's other people in the room thinking the same thing. They're just not willing to, <laughs> to get uncomfortable and, and, That's right. <laughs> and ask. So awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and you know, a lot of great insight for, for all of our listeners and, you know, just really like that, you know, getting uncomfortable, making the next step, seeing how you can grow, taking the steps to get there for, for this year. And then that's going to happen again, as you continue to evolve, continue to see that opportunity to, to improve and continue to grow and, and grow your portfolio. So Fantastic episode. Thank you again. And I wish you a great rest of your day, rest of your week. Take care. Thank you, Derek. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode of Apartment Investing for Early Retirement. Please be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. The links will be in the show notes to bring you directly to those pages. And if you enjoy the show, please be sure to share it out on social media so that we can reach more and more people to help educate them about the opportunity that multifamily investing provides to help reach their version of retirement sooner than later. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.